You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman has shown Gotham the true colors. Citizens of Gotham to the Eternal Night, a podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight of the DC Universe, Batman. I am one of your hosts. My name is Philip Barker, and I am also joined by my heroic co-host, as always, Craig Blaylock. Craig, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Nail that intro. I try. We're also joined again by our our third chair. I, I'd like to appreciate our good friend Terrence Litton for joining us once again to the Eternal Night podcast. Terrence, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm really, you know, digging... Being a constant uh, friend slash uh, special guest on this show. And I love the fact that we're just in the group chat and then randomly start talking about stuff and ends up becoming an episode. That, that, I love that. I dig it. I think you're absolutely right because that's exactly how this episode that we're going to do today kind of came to fruition because we were kind of just shooting the shit about Batman and we just kind of started talking about video games. And I think I'm, I mentioned casually, like, what if we just did a, you know, top five favorite Batman video games list or some shit like that. I don't really remember what, but yep. yeah, that, that's kind of how this episode formulated, but you're right. You know, it, it, it has been a lot of fun having you be our third chair, like with the Batman and Robin commentary or even our top 10 supervillains, like all that stuff's been a blast. And I hope we can try and do this a little bit more often, but you know, scheduling life things take precedence over that. 
but we do this for fun. As everyone knows, for anyone who's been listening, and if you all want to f- listen and follow along, by all means, T-E-K underscore podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Any questions, or if you guys like to relieve, leave a review, uh, first and foremost, questions can be sent to the Eternal Night Pod at gmail.com. You can leave a review for us on iTunes or even the Podbean page itself where the show is hosted. But without further ado, as we convent, continue to bask in the glory that is the Batman, which is probably for sure going to get a sequel, but Warner hasn't announced one yet, probably because they're still going through a merger. There were moments in that movie where I'm just like, damn, this is ripped out of that game, or damn, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But as we, as I mentioned, you know, we are here to talk about some of our favorite Batman video games. Now, for anyone who's been listening, and anyone who knows all three of us, anyone knows, you all know, we were all former employees of GameStop. The big GS, you know, place where you love to tell kids that are underage they can't get this mature game without a pair. I can't tell you guys how many times I told a kid no for wanting Grand Theft Auto or Gears of mm-hmm. War. Oh, that was so great. It's just or, it's like Cartman in that South Park episode. Mm, your tears taste so yummy. I faced that with. <laughs> you just. You showed us, you just tagged us in a, pic, a picture from when you did the Gears of War Judgment launch. Yes, that was... Uh, 2013, I, I think. It was hell. <laughs> it was hell. No, you know you know what release was hell? You know you know what game release was just an absolute abysmal nightmare to deal with? Mm. Oh, I'll give you that. Grand <laughs> Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Oh, I had, I had all three of my GAs call out sick that morning. I was oh. by myself. Oh my god! Oh, and I had a line of fifty people out the door in that little area, and I ran out of copies. Oh, that's terrible! It was horrible. I think I, Craig, you might have already been in Missouri. You might actually no, you went to Missouri. I think in twenty fifteen. Uh, twenty thirteen. Okay, so you mm-hmm. might have been in Missouri when this game dropped. It was like, I think September, November, October of twenty thirteen when that game dropped. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I was at Madison and Auburn here in Sacramento, and Terrence, you know that store, dude. Yep. The line was from out the door, right, and then you you hang a right, and it went past the sticky wicket, even crossing into the Seven Eleven. That's how bad this line was. Damn. Um, that's insane. Oh my god, it was like I, I would. That was actually the store that I first started out on, and I first met Craig. Yeah, yeah. I met you at the st- at the Greenback store. Yeah, and then That's I, met... I was working with Lisa. Right, because you had taken over after the previous previous GA, SGA um, departed the role, and Craig was also the manager at the Dewey store for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Yep, Madison Dewey, my original store. That was a fun store, even though I only worked there the one time. Uh, yeah, my um, the GTA Five release at my store was in um, a city called Maplewood out here in Missouri, mm-hmm. and it was insane. I think we had my store for our district. We had the most pre-orders. We had like four hundred and like sixty something pre-orders. Mm-hmm. We had almost three hundred and fifty people show up that night. It yeah. was insanity. Yeah, that sounds about about right. I don't. I don't remember what the total numbers for our pre-orders were. I just. I just remember the line being inanely long, and I. I. Oh man! Like that midnight almost broke me. 
the PlayStation Xbox One launch because they were a week apart. Oh my god! Uh, uh-huh. Oh man! At least they were separated. It was but a week. Yes. Yeah, it was only a week. That's the sh- crappy thing about it. And like, oh man, there were some releases that that just knocked the wind out of me for for mm-hmm. lack of a better mental phrase. Dude. PS3 at Madison and Auburn when that first came out, we had our UPS guy get robbed like four times. Oh my Oof. god, that's rough. Yeah, like everyone that was supposed to get one never got one because our UPS guy literally got robbed the second he stopped. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. I know a mutual friend of ours who I, I you know, out of respect for him, I will not say, but he told me about the time he was robbed at gunpoint. And that's something I'm just forever thankful I never got to deal with. Yep, I yeah. got to deal with that at Madison and Dewey. You guys remember uh, Jasmine, the little short girl? I remember yep. I was working at Madison and Auburn with her, and, and uh, I guess the guy that came in when I was working there, he was just walking around looking at stuff. I talked to him. I clocked out, you know, walked to the bus stop and waited, and then I, like 10 minutes later I got a call from Jasmine saying they just got robbed, and I guess he was waiting for me to leave, so she was by herself, and I was like, that's cold. that's messed up, that's cold. That is super like, cold. At a certain point, I'm kind of glad I wasn't there, but at the same time, I felt bad she was there by herself because she was a short little thing. That's terrible. That's absolutely abysmal. And with the way the world has been getting uglier and uglier, I'm a little more thankful that we're all not in that environment anymore. Yeah. For real. The guy that robbed me, it was hilarious because he kind of did the same thing. He came into my store. Um, Luckily, he waited for the few customers that I had to leave. And then he walks up. Now, the thing is, though, the dude's walking around. Mm-hmm. doesn't have like a mask or anything on. So I've seen his face for like a good 10 minutes. Right. And then he comes up to me and I'm like, oh, what can I get you? He takes his white T-shirt and pulls his shirt over his nose. I'm oh, like, what, what are you doing, dude? I've, I've seen you. And then he pulled out a revolver and asked for the money. And yeah, went from there. I'm sorry you had to deal with that, my friend. That's yeah, truly awful. It, it didn't hit me until like an hour later. Then it just all of a sudden like the adrenaline just everything just started hands start shaking and everything yeah yeah i remember our mutual friend telling me about that story i'll just i feel for you guys i do yeah almost makes you want to just take vengeance upon those cowardly lots and just oh if only i could yeah (laughs) oh yeah you know onto that point we we i guess that that's kind of where we're kind of going with this because there are some really great Batman games in which you can deliver said justice to such bozos with revolvers or mm-hmm. firearms or bats, brass knuckles, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, that, that's, you know, our gaming background really reinforces an- another aspect of this character that we all mutually love and enjoy. So without further ado, um, I'm going to go ahead and give my, my worst Batman game that I ever remember playing. And then you guys can go accordingly if you wish. Yeah. The first one I remember, this is probably, the yeah, this is the first Batman game I ever remember playing. The Sega Genesis version of it. The Batman Forever game. Dang, you took it from me. That was going to be my worst. (laughs) I can't stand that game. I can't either. Even just getting past the first level is just an absolute pain in the ass. So here's the thing. The reason why that game is so awful is that it is a side-scrolling 2D beat-em-up. Mm-hmm. But for some weird, strange reason, they're like, 
hey, I know what'll work for this 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up. Let's put in the Mortal Kombat fighting engine. Yep. Because it's literally just... The play style is literally Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. The uppercuts, yeah. the drop kicks, the punches, everything like is Mortal Kombat. It, it's so terrible. <laughs> so uh, that was definitely one of the ones I was thinking of. But the one I think I was thinking of more was the uh, Batman Robin on the SNES. Oh, my God. I know exactly which one you're talking. The animated series one, right? Really? No, not the, that one was one of the worst. No, not I, the animated I, series. The, oh, the Batman okay. Robin, I think it's on the... Uh, which one is it? It's the one that uh, basically looks like the old uh, Sega CD graphics. It, they look like live people, but moving in like a two D plane. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. wait. Okay, so you're talking, you're talking Batman and Robin, like Batman and Robin, George Clooney, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I thought you were, I thought you were talking because there's a game called The Adventures of Batman and Robin. No, 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 no. That one, that one wasn't bad. That w- that was, that one wasn't bad. I mean, for like a. Super Nintendo. I'm talking to like NES. Like this one was horrible. I didn't even know they made an SNES game based on Batman and Robin. Yeah, I don't think yeah, there was. It couldn't have been on NES because that's way too far removed from when Batman and Robin came out. It had to have been like Sega Genesis or Dreamcast or something like that. Sorry, it was Batman Forever. SNES. That's what it was. Okay, so you're thinking of Batman Forever? I'll see. We're all thinking Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a different one, but still crappy. Yeah, it's 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 the same game ported to a bunch of different consoles. But to Craig's point, it's the Mortal Kombat battle engine uh-huh. with 2D side scrolling beat 'em up, and it's just abysmal. Like I I've got no other better way to to describe it. It it's literally just that bad. And I specifically remember. I think it's the second level. I think the first level is your your Batman trying to like stop Two Face. Second level, I think, is in Arkham Asylum. It's in right. like it's either an Arkham Asylum or it's in like a jail. The soundtrack to that level is oh my god, it pierces your ears. It is the some of the worst video game music. It is so bad. And look, I'm on record saying I have no issue with Batman Forever, despite that movie's flaws and warts and all. The mm-hmm. video game is probably just even worse than the movie. Yeah, I stand by the only thing in that movie. That. That the only good thing that ever came out of that movie was the toys. I stand by what I said before. Well, that was the point of the movie was to sell toys. So, did its job at that at that end. Wait a minute. There's there actually is a Batman and Robin video game. What's it on? The original PlayStation. Okay, that sounds about right. I didn't even know this existed. And I'm a freaking video game nerd. Well, <laughs> you know, if you look at Batman's history, especially in like video game form, it's not too great up until around the times that we started working or the times that we started uh, yeah, becoming agree. adults yeah. like there are a few here and there that were like tolerable, but not like right. not something that you were going to remember. Right. Like the one that Terrence thought was the, initially thought of the Batman and Robin on Super Nintendo. I remember that one. That one mm-hmm. wasn't too bad. The Batman Returns game isn't half bad either. But then there's a couple other ones that I looked at and I was like, I don't remember these at all. But at the same time, when you're that young and you're not around video games like 24 seven, like we were as we were adults it becomes, you know. You're like, oh, I don't remember this at all. 
Maybe because I didn't one thing, see it. One thing I noticed while I was doing research and trying to remember games to make my list, there's a lot of handheld Batman games. Like Game yes, Boy, are. Game Boy Color, Gen or um Game Gear. Yep. There was a lot of handheld Batman games, which makes sense because I mean you just make a 2D beat 'em up game and you throw Batman skins on it and bam, you got a game. Right. The Game Gear games, any any game severely underrated. I think one of the best X Men games I've ever played was on the Game Gear. And it was Honestly, when I think of it like X Men and video games Marvel in general, actually, I either kind of lean towards anything Spider-Man solo or Marvel versus Capcom. Oh, man, I, I just had to just port Marvel. Say that one more time, Terrence. I didn't, I didn't catch that. I said I'm just waiting for them to port Marvel vs. Capcom 2 over on PlayStation or Xbox One. <laughs> I think a lot of people are waiting for that port to happen. I don't want to play 3. I don't want to play Ultimate. I don't want to play the one with Ultron Sigma. I hate those. I just want 2. That's it. Just 2. I think 2 I has the biggest roster, right? It's like 63, 64 people. Right. And yeah. it has the most annoying, most amazing song ever. I think when I when I played Marvel vs. Capcom 2, my go-to team, Venom, Hulk, Captain America, or Iron Man. Wow. Yeah, I know, it's right? Like for, for me, it was always like Spider-Man, Iceman, Gambit, Spider-Man, uh, Cyclops, and uh, Guile. Oh, there you go. I think occasionally I'd swap out Ryu for Hulk or Venom. More often than not, I usually played as Venom. So when it, when, when it was announced that Venom wasn't going to be in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I was like, well, shit. I, I never it. really had a set team in those games because I've always sucked at fighting games. I just I, I can't play them. <laughs> I'm never any good at them. So you probably never took it upon yourself to play Injustice then, huh? Oh, I played Injustice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I play, I play the games, I'm just not good at them. <laughs> well, moving on from worst, because Batman Forever was, I, I want to just probably guess it was all of our worst one. I think so. <laughs> I don't think there can get much worse than that. Game in that movie. Yeah. Well, I mentioned Injustice. That actually made my honorable mentions list. And I almost threw... Justice League Heroes on the list too and the only reason they're not like on the list proper is simply because of the fact that they're not straight up Batman games they're like more yeah. DC oriented but I will say that Injustice the first one depending on the actually yeah I would even say like the larger story does kind of flow between you know whether or not you think Batman or Superman is right depending on you know your preference of that story yeah and depending, yeah, depending on your choices that you make in it. Yeah, when it comes to Injustice, I I, I remember that midnight. That was a fun one. Uh, we had the demo up. You could either play as, weirdly enough, you could only play as like Batman on the hero side, and I think Lex Luthor, and there was one other villain I think you could play as in the demo, and I don't remember who it was, but I th I want to say. I know for sure Lex Luthor was one villain, but I don't remember who, but you had a choice between Batman and two villains. 
and that's kind of where um I got a little familiar with like Batman in in in, in those games, and I got you know what's even funnier is like I remember people were kind of trepidatious about Injustice because of uh, the DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat, which for whatever yeah. reason people weren't fans of. But I remember my me and my best friends like getting the game for Xbox and we liked it. I don't, I don't know if that's sacrilege, but we enjoyed we enjoyed it. It was a it was a fine game for what it was. The main problem is I think that the thing that people just couldn't get over was that it was it has Mortal Kombat in the title and yet there's no fatalities. And I think that was just really a hard thing for people to come to terms with the fact that you weren't going to be seeing, you know, like Superman's head getting ripped off or Batman, you know, decapitating Scorpion. Right. Yeah. Like it was good for what it was at the time, especially since there haven't there was a lot of crossovers coming out, especially with fighting games. The only thing at that time was basically just the extra character and the Soul Calibur game. Mm-hmm. Very true. I think they even kind of swapped out fatalities for like brutalities, hero yeah, brutalities, or, or something like yep. that. Fatalities in the Mortal Kombat games. After that, I remember when in was in, when Injustice first came out, and then they started doing DLC characters. I think I got a boon to like uh, block me on Twitter because <laughs> with all the character like choices I was re- trying to recommend to him on Twitter. I, there was a lot. There was a lot of tweets at Ed Boon for having duplicates and other BS characters, then adding Mortal Kombat characters in a Injustice game. Like we didn't. The one thing about Mortal Kombat DC we didn't like was that it wasn't more of either or characters. And when we just had a fighting game with DC characters, we didn't want any Mortal Kombat characters. I think I've tweeted at Ed Boon once or twice in in the time since Injustice came out till now. And it was fun. I, I, I remember the DLC characters, Lobo, General Zod, Batgirl, I think Scorpion. Yeah. From, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So... Yeah, I, I had no real hard issues with Injustice. I, I know a lot of people like to kind of clown the current DC films, or rather, you know, what, what, what the original plot for the DC films was because it was too much like Injustice, and it's like, well, they've kind of done this in the comics before, but but go ahead, go ahead and continue yeah. with that fake outrage. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually pretty grateful, and honestly, like, I'm really surprised that Warner Brothers Games hasn't announced Part 3. you got to imagine it's coming. I mean, Injustice 2, I thought, was a very, very well done sequel. I thought that they improved on just about everything that the first Injustice had. I like the inclusion of, like, all the different, like, armor sets that you could set up for the characters. Yeah, it was was very... You know, I didn't... I wasn't a big fan of all the different kinds of, like, you know, all the currency and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they're blatantly trying to get some microtransactions in there. And I'm just never a fan of that. But for what it was, it was enjoyable. Yeah. I think, think, surprisingly enough, my best character on that game was uh, Atrocitus. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. As soon as I saw Atrocitus, I was like, cool, we need some more, like, Lantern Corps people in there. But I saw Atrocitus, I was like, man, I need to use Dexstar, that crazy cat, and this is going to be fun. And I literally, like, he was one of my best people and had the best record with him at all the characters I used online. I think for me, the minute he was available, I mained Red Hood. Me too. <laughs> I was about to say, Robin was my go-to for most of the game. 
Um, but yeah, once Red Hood was out, I, he was my go-to. So in the <laughs> first game, my go-tos were Aquaman, Batman, and in the second game, my go-tos were Wonder Woman, Red Hood, Black Manta. The Black Manta was pretty good, actually. Dude, I love playing as Black Manta in Injustice 2. Black Manta's vision, his vision blast, his hidden sword, like, everything about that character just ruled for me. I love it. And even Red Hood. I figured out how to do a lot of his combos because I spent a large amount of time playing as him. And I would do, like, King of the Hill. There were nights where I was King of the Hill for quite some time, and it would make people mad. <laughs> first one i think i used mainly batman flash and green lantern flash is a good one green lantern was hard just because you had to time it, it was a lot of timing because mm -hmm. it was not gonna be here and like hitting them down it was like uh playing mortal Kombat and using like uh reptile so it was, it was a lot of that type of stuff and then the second one i used atrocitus dark side and um what are some of the dlc characters Turtles, Hellboy. Uh, Hellboy. Hellboy was... A, I didn't play with Hellboy too much, and I didn't play with the TMNT either. I usually just kind of stuck to Red Hood. But there's my bias. <clears throat> I've also got on my other honorable mentions um, Gotham City Imposters. I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember that game. Yeah, the basically trying to go in for like a online multiplayer shooter but like what what was it it was like it was one like, side were like people who were devoted to batman and the other side were people devoted to the joker basically yeah that's pretty fun yeah definitely set the precedent for uh fortnite kind of mm -hmm. sort of to some extent or another i think it was it was it was free to play wasn't it yeah yeah it was which i wonder if it's still up and running I'd be curious to see if those servers are still up or not. I got to imagine they're off by now. Yeah, because that, that came out like 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. I don't really recall. But uh, after that, my last honorable mention is uh, the Batman 2013. It's basically, you'll if you've seen the Batman chairs in any Starcade at a movie theater, it's the driving game where you get to choose your own Batmobile and take out certain oh. villains. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that game's dope. I I love the it's shit out of that game, and I'll play it anytime I walk into Century on Greenback. Every time I go to Chuck E. Cheese and take my daughter there, we hop in the Batman game. She loves it. <laughs> That's great. Like, I, I could waste money on that game, and I don't give a shit. It's just that fun. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is good, good old-fashioned fun. Damn. My honorable mentions were just uh, really, it was, one was Adventures of Batman and Robin, the Super Nintendo game. Okay. And then, um, honestly, my other two honorable mentions were the two NES games, uh, the Batman 1989 and the often forgotten, like, pseudo-sequel to it, Batman Return of the Joker. Um, both really good games. It's just, it's really hard to go back and play those Um you know, those old school NES games, they're just notorious for their difficulty. And those Batman games were hard as hell. <laughs> they 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 were rough, especially when you got to like in the 89 game. If you could get to the Joker for the final fight. Oh, my God. That was a. 
as like a Dark Souls like throwing your controller against the wall moment. Yeah, the the only thing I can think of, I, I only got to the Joker one time in the Batman '89, and that's one of my honorable mentions, by the way, too, because um, I always got stuck on the Batmobile level. I, I for the life of me, couldn't pass that. And the one yeah. time I get to the end, I got to the Joker and I died, and I was like, you know what, done. <laughs> I was like, I'll go play Maximum Carnage because I may have a chance there. And sure enough, <laughs> same thing to the end. But Batman 89, like, I feel it. Like, that game was insanely hard. It should not have been that hard. It was, like, it was like on par with, like, Lion King, like, level three. <laughs> oh, man. I remember the Lion King game. That game was hard. I, I mean, essentially, Batman 89 on the NES, it was really just, hey, it's Ninja Gaiden, but with the Batman skin. Yeah. And it was, yeah. It, the difficulty was definitely there. It's like if Ninja, Ga- Ninja Gaiden had a baby with Shinobi. Mm-hmm. That's what Batman was. Basically. And I've, I, I think I might have played that once or twice. If not, I, honestly, I might not have. But I remember seeing it, at least in like, you know, package form at a retro game store or something and thinking, oh, cool. But I've, I don't think I've ever actually played it. And I actually, I was looking up other games or other Batman games that I had not played and I saw um, uh, basically all the cutscenes put together for a game called Batman Dark Tomorrow, which you could argue might be the prototype slash predecessor to Arkham, the, as- the Asylum stuff, you know, the, the stuff Rock City was doing. And I already talked about that game yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, cool. We, I guess we'll get to it a little later, but I remember just... Um, reading the synopsis from it, I'm like, damn, this story actually isn't half bad. Huh. Really great. See, it was one of those games, because it was on... GameCube. That game came out GameCube, wasn't it? Yep, Xbox. So, like, I did not... I never owned a GameCube, so it was one of those games that, like, I'd always see it on, like, at the, you know, the video rental stores, or I'd see it, like, sitting on the shelf at a video game store, and I'm like, huh, this looks neat. Too bad I don't have a system to play it on. So, uh, yeah, I'm not ready to talk about that yet. But my honorable mention is, uh, like you said, the Justice League, Justice League Heroes. Like, that was, I loved it, but like I said, it wasn't like a complete Batman game, which is why I didn't bring it up. But my top honorable mention, though, is Batman Rise of Sinzu. I remember this one. That was another one. I'd always see it on the shelf, but I'm like, huh, well, I wish I had a GameCube so I could try this out. It was, it was deceptively good, and it was cool because it was one of those co-op games where, like, if you had a buddy, it was same system co-op. So if you had a buddy, or like me, me and my dad actually played through this game because we played like all the superhero games. Right. But it was cool too because I got to play. It was the animated series, like the newer version of Batman. So I got to play as Batman and Dick Grayson's Nightwing. Oh, okay. Interesting. This is the one, if I remember right, this is the one where the villain, like they made the villain specifically for the game, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. It was like a, it was like the all new character for the game. Yeah, I'm it, looking at the box art. I remember seeing this game all the time at the video game section of places. It's definitely worth like even even now, like I say, it may be worth the play. Like the, the graphics and the gaming may kind of be kind of rough since it is an older game, but I mean it. It definitely was something worth playing through, at least. It, it was definitely fun for me playing it back in the day. And it, like I said, it wasn't one of my favorite games, but it, I, I wasn't mad that I played it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, and the guy that um, played Shang Tsung in the original in the 1995 Mortal Kombat uh, did the voice of Sinzu. Yep. Oh wow. Hmm. Nice. I remember seeing Sinzu a lot when I would go to Hollywood Video, but I was never allowed to like buy it or get it because it was either always out. But I did see the, the package for it. Um, I still have my GameCube to this day, and it still works. Funny enough. So I'm still thankful for that. It doesn't surprise me with Nintendo systems. They are quite durable. Yes, they are. Ron Perlman was the voice of Clayface in that game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, now that we've got honorable mentions in the worst game out of the way, I think we can finally get to our list, our top five Batman games. Uh, Terrence, since you're our third chair and guest for the evening, why don't you go first, man? What's your number five? You said five worst games? Sorry, top five best Batman games. I don't know <laughs> where my head's I was at. like, man, I got to go to my other list. <laughs> <laughs> no, so my number five, uh, funny enough, is the Batman Begins game. Oh, that's, oh okay. That's my number five. Really? Uh, that, oh, awesome. That's oh, yeah. my number four, so we might as well just all talk about it. <laughs> okay. So the thing I liked about this game was that, like, it was completely different than all the other Batman games I played before. Like, um, instead of, like, the, uh, like, that meter, you know, showing if enemies can see and stuff like that, they had a fear meter, like, how scared they were if you were in the yeah, air. Yeah, what you yeah. were doing. I thought that was really cool, on top of, like, it was, like, the precursor to kind of, like, Arkham Asylum type games. Like, it, it honestly, like, other than the other Dark Tomorrow we were talking about, this was, like, the next step up as far as, like, how they were doing those games. Because basically, you could sneak around, you can, you can come up behind them, you can you know do the silent takedowns. But then on top of that, it, he like he had crazy good combos. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like punch, punch, you know, dodge, you know, counter or anything like that. Like he had actual combos you could input in to fight the bad guys, and it was pretty cool how they had the health meter and the fear meter on the game. And like that always stuck with me because I didn't, I don't, I'm not even sure if I beat that one all the way through, but it was actually like I enjoyed playing it. Because I remember I played the game and I was like, oh, Batman Begins. I was like, is this a movie? I didn't even know it was a movie at first. Because, like, Batman Begins kind of flew in under the radar and I didn't know anything about it mm-hmm. until, like, after I played the dang game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. When I saw this, I was like, Batman Begins? What is this? Dude behind the counter at Hollywood Video was like, have you not seen the movie? And I was like, there's a movie? What? (laughs) This was my. This was basically my introduction to the Nolan Batman universe was through this game, and I remember getting it, wanting it afterwards. So I immediately, like after return it, I bought it. And to Terrence's point, like everything about it, you know, the fear meter, the health meter, it was all really another like stepping stone to the Arkham Asylum stuff, and. You know, it was even cooler, like, getting to see that big-ass Batmobile, and you get to drive around in it and have to turn corners, and, like, it was just all very interesting from, like, a, you know, a younger gamer standpoint, but then also to, like, go from that and then watch the movie and be like, oh, this, uh, oh, oh, I, uh-huh. I, I see now why there's hype here. I'm all about this. It was also the first Batman game, I think, to really focus on stealth which we had never seen before in a batman game most batman games were always just you know run around beat people up this one has that but it does have that degree like terrence said about the fear meter it was about you know terrifying 
you know, the the thugs that you were fighting in the game and getting them mm-hmm. to be intimidated by Batman. It had that little bit aspect of like that Punisher game too on like the PlayStation back in the mm-hmm. day. You had to like almost interrogate them and scare the crap out of them. Yeah. But I mean, not like put their face in like a smelter or anything like that. It is kind of interesting looking back on it now that they made a video game for Batman Begins, but they never did anything for The Dark Knight, and they never did anything for The Dark Knight Rises. They actually were trying to make one for The Dark Knight, but it got canceled. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, I think they canceled it because the movie came out in 08, and then a year later, Arkham Asylum happened. Yeah, that makes sense. So, more power to Rocksteady. I mean, they trust that we will more than likely talk about Arkham Asylum later on in this episode. Let's just put yeah, it probably. that way. Yeah. Um Craig, since you're number 5, since your number 4 is our number 5, what's your number what's your number 5? Uh, my number 5 was one of Terrence's honorable mentions actually, the Batman Returns on Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. And uh really just for me it's because it's just very nostalgic for me. Um you know, I grew up I was born in 85 and I didn't really, you know, I played a couple of games here and there on the Nintendo, but I mean, my first, like, I would say like my first true console was the Super Nintendo. Right. Really experiencing video games as a whole from like beginning to end really happened on the Super Nintendo. And I specifically remember playing the Batman Returns game, just a good old fashioned 2D beat em up. Just you're Batman, you're, you're just beating the absolute crap. It really was just, they took the final fight engine and just again just pasted batman characters all over it but i loved every single second of it yeah they made him look really beefy in that game too yeah and he was a beast he took up he took up like a quarter of the screen <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could speak more to this but this is just a little bit before my time yep you youngins i yes, know I will. come on i'm only just a couple <laughs> years younger than you guys that's not fair <laughs> the Craig's only what, like three years older than me. Yep. But yeah, that's that's the only reason why that was my number five. It was purely just I I remember sitting you know across you know Chris Chris Applesauce, applesauce. <laughs> yep, in front of my TV because you know there were no wireless controllers back then. Right. So you had to. Uh, oh man, I got to get this as close as I can. So I can. Can I reach the couch from here? Damn it, I can't. All right, I got to sit on the carpet. How big was your TV back then? Yo, um, big tube, fifteen inches. Maybe. Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right. And you had to. Oh, I got to change. Is it channel three or channel four? Damn it, I don't know which one. <laughs> That was always the hardest part about trying to change between, you know, whatever regular cable you had and then yep. going back to, like, the game channel. I remember that because I had, like, a dinky little 10 or 12-incher for the longest time. Yep. But thankfully, it had the AV outputs on the front end, so I plug them in on the front end, change it yeah, to the game so station. So yeah. I lucked out there with, with my GameCube and my PlayStation 2. It made it a lot easier for things like I, I still to this day is one of the greatest birthday presents I ever got was um, my 12th birthday or is either 11 or 12. One of the two. I don't remember exactly which one um, I got uh, for my birthday. I got Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, and they my parents got me the Super uh, Super Game Boy so I could play those games on, on the TV. Oh man! And, man, I had a I had a sleepover that night for my birthday. Me and my friends stayed up 
all night long playing Pokemon on my TV. It was amazing. Good times. Good times. I'm exquisitely jealous that you got the Super Game Boy Red and uh-huh. Blue for your birthday. That's That was always what I wanted growing up. But Oh, man. I was ecstatic. I lucked out for Christmas one year. My Uncle Terry got me a Game Boy Advance, the Indigo one, nice. Pokemon Silver, Pokemon Ooh. Yellow from my, my aunt uncle, my aunt Teresa, my uncle Steve. And then for my birthday because my birthday falls a month after Christmas and my mom oh. took me and my brother to Toys R Us and I got Pokemon Blue and my brother got Red. And then about a year or so later, my dad and my stepmom took us to Hollywood Video. I shit you not, Pokemon Red, $3. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't, and someone screwed up on the pricing and I was like, hey, I know that's not supposed to be $3, but you have it priced for $3. And he looked down and he was like, shit. I was like, yeah, you're damn right. Shit. Be, yep. give, me, give me my game for $3, chump. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I worked, uh, before I worked for GameStop, I worked for Game Crazy, and that was the rule. Whatever the sticker said, that's what you sold it. Yep. Good times. Oh, too bad it's not like that anymore. No. Yeah. You know what, guys? Funny tangent. I had to go to two different Best Buys today to buy the games that I told you guys about earlier today. Oh really? The um, uh, Elden Ring and that Strangers of Paradise game, which I am—I'm actually planning. I've been looking into it more. I'm, I think I'm going to pick that up Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. So I went to the Natomas Best Buy out here, Terrence. You're—I know you're familiar with that Best Buy. Um, yeah. I went there. They had Elden Ring. Didn't have Strangers in Paradise. I was like, "Well, shit. Where's the nearest mm. one?" And the the kind checkout lady, she was like, "Oh, well, you know." Let me just check the app real quick. Checks the app. Oh, there's a few in stock at Arden. There's like one in stock at Citrus Heights. Yeah, if Oof. you're gonna if you're gonna want it, you're probably gonna have to order. It was like, yeah, no, give me Elden Ring. I'm gonna jet over there right now. I <laughs> jetted my ass down West El Camino Avenue. Sure enough, I get to Arden. I get to the Best Buy by the Arden Mall. They only had one left. I was like, sneak, thank you, mine. <laughs> and well. I've got both games. I have yet to open them up because honestly, I've just been looking forward to this podcast all day. I want to talk to my boys about video games, especially Batman games. Yeah, I'm telling you, Elden Ring though. I never in my life have I just got worked <laughs> that much. <laughs> Dude, the way the way you and Craig have been talking about, it, I'm just like, okay, I have to, I have to, I have to check in on this madness. Join this, join us in the misery. Right. I wasn't going to do it, but I'm in two other group chats other than the Eternal Night one. One's with my boys from the Navy, and then one's with my boys here that from Sacramento that I went to high school with. And all they're talking about is, and they're like, man, you got to get it. And I was like, fine. I was like, I got a GameStop gift card. I'll go get it. And I got it. And then sure enough, like that, within 10 minutes, like I died like six times. I was like, <sighs> shit, I'm not looking forward okay. to that. <laughs> okay. And I was like, this is going to be Bloodborne all over again. Am I going to cry? You'll uh, cry tears of happiness when you finally beat your first boss. <laughs> okay, I'd, I'd be like a, I'd be like a semi boss and lost my mind. So, <laughs> so to just just kind of get my um, 
my adrenaline rush in and, you know, just my, boost my confidence. I started Kingdom Hearts 2 on proud, or not critical mode, on Oof. critical mode, right? And I've just been clowning through it like, oh, yeah, I can do this no problem. And then I, I hear about all this stuff in Elden Ring and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. I'm going to cry yeah. a lot playing <laughs> this, I bet. Put this in perspective. I would much rather play through the New God of War on the hardest difficulty and have to go through all of the Valkyries, then play this game any harder than it already is. Oh wow! <laughs> so I, I imagine there's there's difficulty levels to Elden Ring. No, oh, it's okay. one level. No, nope. it's, it's one difficulty. Okay, that's a from it's a from software game. You don't you don't get to choose the difficulty. Oh okay, yeah. they, they they just make it as hard as humanly possible. Got it. Mm -hmm. Oh right, because this is this this is the same cats who did Demon Dark Souls. Right, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne. Yep. It's them. Oh. This is a little bit more manageable, though, because it is way more of an open game. Okay. See, when the hardest I've ever done open world anything is arguably up to this point Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Master Mode. Oof. Oh, no. And let me tell you something, guys. <laughs> That's hard as I'm going to bleep myself out here. Let me just get a, get a pen because I'm going to have to write this down. 42 minutes in, but guys, I, I, th I thought my patience was tested a long time ago playing Kingdom Hearts on Critical Mode. No. No, Master Mode tested my patience, and it took me a long, long time to figure out, like, to do the combat and to be, you know, more versatile with how I go forward with things. So, I'm not saying I'm ready for Elden Ring, but... I'm I'm I want to I want to just at least prepare myself. I feel like I'm I'm at the least prepared. And if I'm wrong, please tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, yeah, Craig. Craig just chuckled. That's all. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> um, no comment. I, I don't really know how you can prepare for it. Like me, as irritated as I get and as easy as I can just get sidetracked and play a different game, I've made it to level thirty-seven, and honestly, still still get worked. So I don't know. I, I didn't even know. Is it as hard as Cuphead? I honestly, I download. I just it's in it's in my it's in my uh, it's in my uh, cart. I haven't bought or played Cuphead yet, and I need to, and I want to because I've been wanting to watch the series on Netflix. The series on Netflix is kind of funny. I will say that the game has made me pull my hair out because it's just <laughs> that hard. Yeah, the thing with Elden Ring's difficulty is since it is an open world game, if you do get to a point where you're like you're just stuck, you can just go off and go somewhere else in the world. I mean, the game is entirely open to you. There is literally nothing that is cut off. Oh, OK. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, something like Cuphead, if you're having a tough time with one of the like three bosses that are in that area that you're in. Well, too bad. You've got to learn to beat one of those three bosses to advance. Yeah. Crappy thing about this game, which it's not even really a crappy thing. You don't really know how high of a level of enemies are yeah. in that area until mm -hmm. you already get worked. Yeah, basically, there, there's no like love. There's no like color indicator or anything. You just oh, I wonder if this. I wonder if I can handle this seemingly innocent dog. Oh, never mind. I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, there's this giant looking Tyrannosaurus thing. Oh yeah, he gave me. <laughs> I literally within like tw within within five minutes, 
I died from what looked like to be a giant hermit, a giant hermit crab, <laughs> a, a crawdad slash shrimp, yeah, a big ass thing called a hellbird that flew <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, these guys that look like Volgo from Soul Calibur, the dude who just moonwalks in place. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one more thing. Uh, oh, and I, an ice sorcerer swordsman on a ice horse. <laughs> Are you telling me there's like Game of Thrones White Walker level type of bullshit I'm going to have to deal with in this? Oh, dude, uh, George R.R. R. Martin helped in this game. Oh, yes. He helped, I believe he helped write the story. Oh, really? Oh, man, I wish you didn't tell me that. Because that dude is... You know what? Let's just get back to Batman. Sorry. No, we're fine. I brought it up. We're going back to Batman because my number four... Honestly, my number four kind of made me feel the way I do feel about Legend of Zelda because this game was hard as shit. But I liked it because it was hard as shit. You know what my number four is, guys? Batman Vengeance on the GameCube. Let's see uh-huh. another another one I missed out on because I didn't have a GameCube. Okay, <laughs> this game is drooly inspired by the fourth season of the animated series. So you've got black and gray Batman, Tim Drake, Robin, Batgirl. It's got all like the looks of the villains from that season of the show, right? And but, all the voices, which I appreciated that too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Wow, it literally looks like the animated show. Yeah, and even the Mr. Freeze fight in this game, this is one thing I distinctly remember about this. The Mr. Uh-huh. Freeze fight is very reminiscent of how you fight Mr. Freeze in Arkham City. Mm. It's it's almost like the way Arkham City did it was to homage that fight to some extent or another. You can't do the same thing twice. It's it's so hard. Don't get me wrong. It's uh, it, I have this on my, I have this on my list higher up, but everything feel the same is true it, it's like you're playing the animated series and it is awesome and the best thing about it too it was on gamecube but then they actually brought they ported it over to other systems like later on it That's wasn't immediate it took like a year but because remember i had played it my sister had the gamecube i had the original xbox and when that came out my dad had bought that so he could play it so i would trade my sister my xbox for the day and to take her gamecube and we would just kind of swap systems for the day so i would play batman and like you know uh uh, Mario Kart Double Dash and everything else I couldn't play on my system much. She played Grand Theft Auto on mine. But I, I love this game. Like it, it truly is one of my favorites. And honestly, as hard as Mr. Freeze was, the Joker, like the uh, the free fall at the end, that was such a pain in the butt. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, man. I'm looking at um, the cover art and like the back cover art for this game. And so the, I'm looking at the PC version. Oh man, the the specs back in the day. Uh, memory. This game requires 128 megabits of RAM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 128 oh, megabytes. As hard as Mr. Freeze was, I think Poison Ivy. Her whole thing with her bodyguards and everything was a pain in the butt too. Yeah, thinking about it. I agree. It requires Windows XP. <laughs> so, Craig, your number four was Batman Begins. Terrence, what's your number four? My number four is Batman Dark Tomorrow. Ah. Oh, okay. So I wasn't worried about this one too. Because like I said, it's really, really good. Honestly, picture picture Resident Evil 2, but in with the Batman's game. Yes. That's exactly really? how this game played. So basically with the mini map you have on the top left hand corner, 
and when you're actually rolling through the levels, it keeps the same. Uh, how do I put this? It keeps the same uh, camera angle view. Yep. Okay, so they can't. It's a set, a uh, fixed camera. Yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of Star Wars Bounty Hunter. A little bit. A little bit. Oh man, that's a callback. I forgot about that game. Fun game. I have it on my PlayStation. But yeah, I was looking at Dark Tomorrow earlier today, and I was just kind of... I mean, yeah, the graphics, you can tell, are pretty dated, but even still, like, I, I, I'm i almost mad at myself that I passed it up, because I had seen it all the time, like, you know, when I was a kid, I'm just like, oh, I want to play that. My parents would be like, no. It was, except it was actually genuinely pretty hard, but the thing is, too, like, if you beat the enemies and you didn't handcuff them... They would get back up later and come and get you, but it Ooh. just like Resident Evil. Like if you hit that corner and the camera angle that stays where it is, if you hit that corner and then it flips on you last second, there'll be an enemy right there that'll scare the absolute crap out of you. Oh well. Yeah, I think I saw footage it, of the first boss fight. I think it's Black Mask. Uh, yeah. It's honestly I don't remember. It's been so long. But I do remember, like I said, it was good. It was just, it was very hard. It, like, that was one of the ones that it definitely took me a minute to get through. And then just the, uh, how the villains looked. They were like their own. This game made it their own. Yeah, it had, like, a, it had a very distinct look to it. Like, to your point, it looked very Resident Evil, more or less. Yeah. Had multiple endings, apparently, according to its wiki. Oh, see, I didn't even remember that. I think I was just happy to try to beat the dang thing. Yeah, several alternate endings are possible depending on whether or not the player had found and deactivated Roz's weapon prior to the final battle with him or lost the fight. If Batman did not disable the signal and loses the sword fight, he is mortally wounded by Roz and dies in Talia's arms. Damn. Oh. I remember that because I remember I did die a couple times at the end. If Batman loses the fight but disables the signal, Roz reveals to the dying Batman that the override is only temporary and that his victory is inevitable. <laughs> if Batman wins the fight but did not disable the signal, a defeated Roz still manages to commence his plan and floods the world. Oh, that's a that's a big stream. Yeah. And I remember that's at the end that's too, something Roz like, would do though. Yeah. Ubu used to beat the absolute crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, look at him. It's Ubu. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That, that, that's my uh, number four. Holy crap. Game Informer gave the GameCube version of the game a .75 out of 10. Yeah. It did not get favorable reviews. Yeah, it was released. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I looked into Batman Dark Tomorrow a little bit because I was like, I've seen it. But I don't remember it. And then I saw some of the gameplay footage. I was like, oh, okay. This doesn't look that bad. And then I saw some of the like reviews. And I saw some of the, the ratings. And I was like, man, you people just don't like Batman in video games. My God. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, this is like purely my opinion, how I felt about it. Like I said, I like the game, but it was very hard. And honestly, I think the harder the game is, the more enjoyable your experience can be depending on your tolerance level, you know, mm -hmm. pain and anger. But I Yeah, realize. it's like when it took me three months to beat Ninja Game on Xbox. <laughs> well, 
I guess we'll move right on to uh, number three. Craig, what's your number three, my guy? Uh, my number three is Batman the Telltale series. Um, so technically season one of the Telltale games. Um, I really, really like this. And this was around the time where the Telltale games were really kind of, in my opinion, were getting kind of long in the tooth. Mm-hmm. Like Telltale was just coming out with everything. I mean, back then, what was it? There was Wolf Among Us, Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, Walking Dead, Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us. Like you said, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy game. There's even they even did a Game of Thrones game too. That's oh, true. that yeah. one was really good. So it's they were doing games. all these games, and I'm just I was getting so burnt out on them because you know, for as good as the games were, almost every single one was the exact same style. Mm-hmm. So when they announced a Batman game, I'm like, uh, I don't. How is this gonna work? But surprisingly, worked really good. Um, they did a good job of blending you playing as Batman, but also you, a lot of it you playing as Bruce Wayne, and that's really where you know dialogue choices and that kind of stuff comes into play. Very true. Um, so this was my number three too. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, more specifically the second one compared to the first one, but still the Telltale in general. And see, I, I can't say anything to the second one because I have not played the second season yet. Oh, dude. So I'm not ready to talk about Batman Tetzel yet. Okay. <laughs> I'll just put it there. Okay. But I will circle to another, not quite the opposite end of where the stick is, but uh, my number three is Arkham Asylum. Okay. Now, I remember this game. I remember being sold on it by my very first manager, uh, be Mr. Darren. And he was telling, <laughs> he, he sold me on this game, I, much respect to the yeah. guy. You know, we, we butted heads a lot, but even in, in the years I become older, I, I, I kind of reflect on things. But, you know, he did his job. You know, he, he really sold me on it. He knew I was a huge Batman fan, and I remember playing Arkham Asylum and taking it home and booting it up at a friend's house after college one day. And this was circa 2011, early 2011, so right before Arkham City came out. And I just fell in love, like, Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Kevin Conroy voicing Batman. You got Mark Hamill doing the Joker, and the the entirety of the game takes place in Arkham Asylum. And the things you have to do, the villains you have to fight, was just nothing short of spectacular. I love the riddles. I love the trophies. I love all of the little callbacks. I love that there's like a journal diary, or like you know, there's a database of like you know all of his villains, and you did get to fight certain ones, like you know. You fought Bane, you fought Poison Ivy, you dealt with Scarecrow, Joker was the main antagonist. The basic plot of the story is you bring in Joker to Arkham Asylum, well guess what, that was his plan the entire time, and what does he do? He pulls a fast one and decides to take over the Asylum. The Madhouse has become run by the Madhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, man. So... I have a funny story about Batman uh, Arkham Asylum. I think it was, I think me and Craig were working at Madison Arbor when that, was, when that game came out. Because I remember coming into work one day and it was before we opened. And then, pretty sure it was you, Craig. Because I came in and he kind of just had that look on his face like he was excited to tell me something. And he's <laughs> like, parents. And I was like, what? And he's just like, there's a Batman game on the demo for Xbox. <laughs> and then I stopped and I was like, what the f- did you just say to me? 
Sorry, cussing. <laughs> like, oh, there's a Batman game on the Xbox demo right now. There's a new game coming out. It's a new Batman game. I never took my backpack off so fast in my life. <laughs> I think I played it a good eight times before we finally opened. And it was just the combat system. That's all. But I was completely okay with it. Yeah, that combat system really was. I mean, there have been many games that have obviously taken that style of gameplay now. But there was nothing like that at the time when Arkham Asylum came out. Just this very fluid combat system where you could just immediately counter and block and come up with these insane combos that just you're and you're jumping from thug to thug mm-hmm. and just knocking them out and doing these crazy moves and integrating, you know, batarangs and the shock the shock uh, like blaster thing integrating those tools into the combat too was just really really fun yeah with the quick fire action that was yep. that was something that was awesome i think for me one combo that i always carried forward through asylum to city to night even in origins was you know i'd be clowning a couple people but then i'd see one goon like off in the distance and i would grapnel this sob to mm-hmm. me and i'd you know, you know, you, you you haymaker him to the ground. I always love doing that when I play yeah. in the Arkham yeah. games. That's one of my favorite things to do. And I would just start yelling, "Get over here!" It's kind of yeah. I it, the thing I use the least in my combats in my combos was the explosive gel. But as over time, probably more so in City than Asylum, but definitely did try it in Asylum. Would I would you know Batman would do a cartwheel, but when he would do the cartwheel, he'd put the explosive gel underneath wherever the goons were and then you hit the detonate button and then they just fly yeah that shit was fun that shit was just always fun it was also really it's the first time i think a comic book video game had a lot of effort put it felt like a lot of effort was put into it i mean the fact that they got conroy back as batman they got hamble back as joker just the the Paul Dini okay. wrote the script. Mm-hmm. He wrote the story yeah. for Asylum and City. Yeah. Like, the love and devotion to the Batman world was really shown in those games. And it was, I think that was finally the turning point, much like, you know, the Nolan movies and, you know, the early MCU stuff made people kind of realize, like, hey, comic book things can be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same here. This this game proved to people that like with the right team and the right effort, you can make a really, really good video game out of comic book characters. Exactly, because since like when that game came out before that, they had never shown a video like a superhero video game that much love uh, since like Spider-Man 2. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That was like the last that was like the last time before Batman came out. That you were just like, oh. Who in a superhero game, you know? And then honestly, since Batman uh, Arkham Asylum, not after that, I think the next closest thing you had after that was a Spider-Man Web of Shadows. And then you had to wait for the new Batman games to play after that. Because nothing else was really that good superhero-wise. Mm-hmm. I think the my favorite Spider-Man games before the current iteration on PS4 would probably be Web of Shadows and then um, the one before Edge of Time. It's... Thank you. Shattered Dimensions. That one was probably the best Spider-Man game before Spider-Man on PS4, in my opinion. Say, I'm going even older than that. My my personal favorite out of the Spider-Mans up until 
the PS4 stuff was um, Ultimate Spider-Man on PlayStation 2. That game oh. was a trip. I love that game. That, game that was, was like Ultimate Destruction with Spider-Man. Yeah, Especially. it literally it literally was a living comic book that you were playing as a video game. It actually had like panel transitions and like it's it so good. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was the game. I still think Rubber Shadows is my favorite, though. You can switch between regular and black suit anytime, and yeah. you get to call on uh, other superheroes for help. That's true, too. I think Wolverine was part of that movie, part of that game. Luke Cage, I think Silver Sable was one, and I think it was somebody else you can call. Or you can call like the, you can call a couple villains, too. I think it was like Vulture and Doc Ock. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I spoke that much to uh, Batman Arkham Asylum because that was my number two. <laughs> That's funny because my number two is... Batman Telltale. Telltale. <laughs> so, I put Batman Telltale number two because I've played both seasons. I've played the first season, then I've say, played season two, Enemy Within. And honestly, when you see what happens in season one, then you go to season two. It's oh, And even just speaking onto the whole of what these games are, they, they are literally forge your own Batman story. And I think there's yeah. a novelty there that you don't quite get with Arkham, the Arkham series, but more so with Telltale because you're literally making decisions on like, what would you do as Batman? And you're even as Bruce Wayne. And that really does decide the outcome of, you know, how your story progresses. Now, I haven't gone back and I haven't done any alternatives and I haven't done things differently. But I'll just say that like just, just, just the entirety of the concept of like, it's literally choose your own adventure and I haven't played too many Telltale games. The only reason I picked this up was because, of course, it's Batman. And I uh-huh. I, I just, I really loved, I want to say I actually love season two more than I love season one. And I think the yeah. reason that might be, it's not even because I think season one was weak. I think season two just played more to my sensibilities as a Batman fan because season two literally had a lot of my favorite villains like it had the riddler he was the large antagonist for like the first two or three episodes of of season two and then you moved right into like victor freeze and bane and the joker and i just think everything about the telltale stuff was superly organic in that you know it was organic to your own play style and i even remember like going through some of the riddler's first traps and it's like whoa this is he was. It's funny because they wrote the Riddler as like a, a pseudo vigilante prior to just like losing his shit and then becoming a full on supervillain of Gotham City, and I think that's yeah. a very interesting take because usually, more often than not, Batman's villains are inspired by Batman in some way or another. Whereas this, it's not quite a reverse, but it's like, hey, I was here first. Who do you think you are? Kind of kind of scenario, and mm. they basically turn Riddler into Jigsaw. Yeah. And even his cane, the way he wore his hood over his face, he had a domino mask. It was just all very intricate. And I really also just like the look of every other villain they did too because it was pretty grounded for the most part as well. Like Mr. Freeze and Bane were more or less grounded in reality in the best way they could be, but they were still super faithful to who they were character-wise. And even the... Oh yeah, Two Faced as well, and even the Penguin in season one, like he looked nothing like your traditional version of Oswald Cobblepot. Very, very different. Yeah, I liked in the first one how they they made um, Cobblepot and Bruce Wayne like childhood friends. I liked all the little like Same. 
the little changes that they made to the stuff that we traditionally associate with Batman and his rogues gallery. Um, and like you were saying on the choices too, I can still specifically remember when I played the first season for the first time, when in the first like 10 minutes, as when you're Bruce Wayne, your very first decision, it's like, do you shake Carmine Falcone's hand or not? Um, mm-hmm. As me as a Batman fan, knowing all the history of Falcone, I'm sitting there. I was like, oh, my God. Da, 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 I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I want, I want brutal Batman all the way. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I'll just say that my Alfred by the by the end of season two had an eye patch. Just put it to you that way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess if you do something a certain way, Batman loses part of his ear. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what yeah. exactly it takes, but yeah, Batman does lose part of his ear in the Telltale games. I'll have to check it out. I think I still have because I. I got the first season that was back when I was still a manager for GameStop and they gave us the first season for free. Um, I'm just going to have to go back. I'll have to purchase. I'm assuming I can get the second season for pretty cheap. Man, GameStop managers had it all. They got everything for free. That we really did. (laughs) (laughs) I always try to be, I try to be different though. I always try to like divvy out my freebies that I got throughout the year to my staff. I tried not to like hoard it all for myself. Well, you're a good manager in that case then. Consoles were different though. Those stayed with me. Well, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. So Craig, you mentioned your second was Arkham Asylum. Terrence, what yep. about you? What is your number two? Dead Silence? Oh, that's weird. (laughs) What is your number two, my man? My number two is Batman Vengeance. Oh, interesting. Really? Hmm. It it was a lot of nostalgia and just good memories I have of that game. And that was that was one of the games like I played. That was probably one of the first games I played through, and like I went through multiple times to get all the uh, the collectibles because it was one of those things where like not like. Oh, you beat the game and get collectibles. No, you gotta beat it. You gotta go through, you have to know where all the collectibles are collected and get like for your like new game plus next time through you can get all the bonus unlimited stuff. Like unlimited batterings and such. And that helped out definitely the next playthrough. Interesting. Like that was one of those games I played like front and back, back and forth. Like I, I got everything. And since then pretty much every other Batman game I've gotten all the Riddler trophies and I've tried to do my best to hundred percent it. I'm going to have to try and find a port of Batman Vengeance. I wonder if it's on Steam. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, yeah. If it is, I'll definitely replay that game again because I got a lot of nostalgia for it. Like, again, you know, the, the fact that it takes place, like, smack dab in the animated series while, you know, Tim Drake is Robin and Batman's yeah. got the gray and black. Like, I, I really do love the animations, the character models they have too because it's super faithful. But I was not expecting that to be your number two. Not going to lie. Yeah, dude, just like I said, that with that came just like a lot of, just I, no bad memories attached to that game. Like, I, I truly did. Like, it was, it's not even the best Batman game, I know that, but it was one of those games that I had holds a special place in my heart, and I love that game. Like, honestly, I'm probably going to go on Steam after this and see if it's on the earth myself, just to see if I can play through it. I'm actually, I'm scrolling through Steam right now. 
none of those like Batman games on the GameCube are on Steam. Oh wow, that's a shame. Like it's literally just Arkham Knight, all the Arkham games, the Lego Batman games, the Telltale games, and that's really it. Well, I'm going to Fair Game and Retro tomorrow on Mac, <laughs> yeah. on Fair Oaks Boulevard. I'm going to see if they have Batman Vengeance. I'm sure they would. I, I that's one of the, again, all of these cover arts are reminding me like Batman Vengeance, Batman Rise of, of Sinzu. I saw them everywhere. Anytime you'd go into a game store and you go to the PS2, Xbox, GameCube sections, you'd see these games sitting there. I think for I think last time I went to Fair Game like a month ago, I think they had Batman Vengeance there on GameCube, but I think they had it in one of those exorbitant amounts because mm. of like the the rarity of like trying to get it and it still works. Interesting. Well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I know exactly what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm going to go see if they have Batman Vengeance. Well, Craig, you're mentioning year number two is Arkham Asylum. Terrence, you're Batman Vengeance. I'm Batman Telltale. We've made it to number one. I'm almost, I almost yeah. want to say I think <laughs> everyone has the same one, but I don't know for sure, so I'm not going to go yeah. first. Terrence, what's your number one? Arkham City. There we go. Craig? <laughs> yeah, Arkham City. Yep, mine's Arkham City as well. <laughs> Okay. Which is interesting too. It's it's so funny because I feel like the overall majority typically say Arkham Asylum, which mm-hmm. I understand, but I just it's hard for me to say that Arkham Asylum is the better game because Arkham City is just it's just on another level, man. Yep. Yeah. I'm actually I'm replaying. I think this is also what led to us doing this episode is I'm currently after seeing the Batman for a second time uh, last Sunday. Um, playing this again, I, it made me want to go back and play it. So I, um, it's free on Xbox Game Pass. So I downloaded it, and man, I just I can't get over this game. It's so so good. It is. I don't think I I don't think I have anything bad to say about it. Like no, it's like Craig said. It, it it's it's the best one. It's got everything you could possibly ask for it's got a great batman story really solid voice acting a great premise like i i genuinely don't have anything bad to say about it it's got all of like these very pivotal pieces of batman's mythology littered throughout like you have to you have to manage your way through the iceberg lounge which Uh is a whole like it's like a museum to some extent no no i'm wrong about that uh, I think you're thinking of like the museum area where like Cobblepot yes. is keeping Mister Freeze prior to getting to the Iceberg Lounge. Yes, that yep. is it. Yes, and you know just the use of every major villain in this game, the mm-hmm. use of Catwoman, the use of the supporting cast. Like, I just I I have again nothing at all bad to say about this movie. Matter of fact, I can remember back when this game launched, mm-hmm. Darren put in. He put he put in a copy of the game for people to like play like it, it was you know a, yeah a, it was unpatched so there were glitches happening left and right but even still like getting to you know do the first mission getting to suit up as Bruce Wayne getting to you know knock Cobblepot mm-hmm. on his ass like dude like that whole that 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 experience of that game and the way it, the the release of it leading up to it 
I pre-ordered the, the expensive version of it. Like I got the one hundred and twenty-five dollars statue. Oh, uh, with the battery. Yep. Yep. I still yep. I still got my statue sitting over on my desk. And it's got like the most pitch perfect look for Batman. He's got a yep. blue and gray suit. You get Robin, and like again, like and I, I, Nightwing. And Nightwing. You're right. Yeah, as part of DLC. Yeah. Again, I, I've just got nothing bad to say about this game at all. It is probably the most perfect Batman game ever made. I, I liked how the villains interacted with each other too. Like, um, I'm actually at the point where I'm about. I'm actually, I think I'm literally about to have the boss fight with Mister Freeze. Mm. But uh, the way that the villains interact with each other, like how Cobblepot, he keeps Mister Freeze like uh held up in this uh cell and he's got like a summer theme to it just to torture freeze <laughs> and even when batman saves him he you know he breaks the glass gets freeze out of there batman doesn't have time to waste because he's literally dying from this blood infection mm-hmm. so he just he manhandles freeze to get him to tell him how to stop penguin it's just he it they know so well what they're doing with these characters and how they would talk to each other and how they would interact with each other given these circumstances that they're in. It's, it's just very, very well done. And I'd talk about a shocking ending, too. Oh, man. That ending yeah. was... I got no words. Like, they killed the Joker. Mm-hmm. How often does that happen? Like, how often do you definitively watch the Joker die? Yep. Yeah. I kept, yeah. I kept thinking that there was something else. Like... When the Joker, when he says his last thing, because Batman tells him, you know, I was going to give you the antidote. And Joker's like, oh, that's pretty funny. And then he just stops breathing. I'm like, okay, this is, um, it's a clone or it's one of Joker's goons. There's got to be something. And nope, he, he picks up the Joker's dead body and he walks out of that room. All the police are there and Commissioner Gordon's like, what happened? What's going on? And Batman doesn't say anything, and he just walks out of there with the Joker's dead body in his arms. Well, he was like, he was going to save the Joker. That was one of the punches at the end yeah. of the game, right? And then, yeah, what's yeah. Even... he had a, he had just enough antidote left to save the Joker. And I think what's even funnier is like, if you fight the Joker before you know the big twist happens, mm-hmm. you can actually see, if you fight him in detective mode. You can yes. actually see you the twist. Yes. Yes. You can tell that's Clayface. Yes, you can see the yeah. twist before it comes, but yeah. I, I did not. I nope. did not fight the Joker in detective mode, and I didn't yep. figure that out until after I played the game the first time, so I went back, played it all the way through, and then I got to that fight, and I went in detective mode. Sure yep. enough, you know, yep. it's, it's Clayface. Yep. The, the, the attention, again, that's just the little things. Those little things that they did as, like, they know that the fans wanted this kind of stuff, and it's so refreshing to see that happen. It's just like surprising to see they can do a story that will put with a video game mm-hmm. and all the characters you love so much, and still like make it work, like and still give us an insane amount of time to play that game. Like even playing through, like I said, it's still a pretty long game. Mm-hmm. Like playing straight through. Um, I will say though, if you guys didn't know this, on um, Batman Arkham Asylum. If you guys go into the warden's office, yes, and you do a sequence of those uh, charges, you can blow a wall in his uh, in his uh, office, and you actually see a side room that shows the plans for Arkham City. Yes, so really, yeah. There's a weak yes. panel 
on I want to say the left side of the warden's office and you have to do you have to do it almost perfect. You have to do three explosive gel pieces. You have to line up the bats almost sequentially and if you do yeah. it just right, you'll blow a hole in the wall and it leads to a secret entrance in which you see the plans for Arkham City. You see Warden Sharp's name all over it. You basically see you basically see the plan for the sequel. Interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Let out on accident. And again, the boss fights too in Arkham City are just, I mean, that freeze battle oh. is just the, on another level. The twins? Mm-hmm. The Hammer and Sickle twins? Oh my god. <laughs> like, that was that was something else. Like, the, the Hammer and Sickle twins, I think, are probably some of the most original villains I've seen in years. Yeah. There, there's an interesting what's the right word here? Like they, they really do fit the world of Batman because like they're these Siamese Russian twins. One goes to works for the penguin. The other works for the Joker, but you know, they're twins. They were Siamese twins because they were, they were legit like cut apart at birth. Yeah. Which is even just more like, Ooh, wild. But yeah. One more time, Terrence. I said, Professor Pig, was he in Arkham Asylum or Arkham, or sorry, Arkham City or, or uh, Arkham Knight? Uh, I think he was Ar- Arkham Knight because I don't recall him in Arkham City. Okay. I don't either. Because I know, what is it, uh, they had the Mad Hatter in Arkham City and that was different. Uh, I thought he was in Origins. Oh, I'm sorry. Wasn't Mad Hatter in Origins? I think he showed up in Origins, but he had, uh, I want to say, no, it was Arkham Knight as well, too, because that was part okay. of the DLC they had. That's right. It was like yeah. him, Croc, and then it was Mr. Freeze again in Arkham Knight. So if I remember the DLC correctly, it was Mad Hatter, Freeze, Croc, Rachel Ghoul. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, it says here Professor Pig was a optional duel with an, uh, as an additional boss fight in Arkham Knight. Okay, that's what it was. That makes sense. Yeah, Arkham Knight, I think, kind of dropped the ball a little bit without trying to do a little bit too much with the Batmobile. And even just, like, the story of following up what happened with with City, it, it, was, a, it was a tall order, to be really It honest. was. I think... I, I can't imagine what they could have done to kind of bring that trilogy to an end. Um, I just felt like Arkham Knight was just a man. That was probably that was my most disappointing game that came out that year because I was so looking forward to it, mm-hmm. and there was just so much that let me down. The Batmobile stuff let me down. I really felt like where Arkham Asylum and Arkham City really made the boss fights stand out. I felt like Arkham Knight's boss fights were very cookie cutter. Follow them in the Batmobile until you have to hit a few button prompts and. Yeah, the fact that you could take out characters like Two Face and Penguin and all that, just like you would a common, you know, criminal in the game, was just really disappointing. I think for me, the most disappointing one was probably Origins. And say I barely scratched the surface of Origins. I didn't play much of it. I will give Origins a little bit more credit 
than Arkham Knight solely because that was the only time I got to fight Deathstroke with a living thing in the air. Yeah, that's the highest point of that game, in my opinion, was the fight yeah. with Deathstroke. But when that trailer first came out and it was yeah. him against Deathstroke, and sent, that was like, okay, this game might be, this game might be worth it. And then I played, it and I'm just like, that was the best part, and that was like closer to the end of the game. And I think, yeah. Phil, you and I talked about it that, like, for me, I think the most disappointing thing about Arkham Knight was, in the title, the Arkham Knight. Like, yeah. this whole, I remember all the marketing and everything leading up to this game coming out was this mystery of, oh, this is a brand new character. We made this character just for the game. Who is this art mysterious Arkham Knight person and what's their ties to Batman and all this? And within the first, like, ten minutes of the game, I'm like... I, I think I already know where they're going, and this better not be it. And sure enough, when it's revealed who the Arkham Knight is, I'm like, you guys literally did this again? For real? Yeah, that's kind of my issue with Arkham Knight and Origins as a whole. Like, they, they try and do their own spin on certain aspects of Batman's mythology, both in the Origin and then both mm -hmm. again with Jason Todd. I'm just like, I get it. It just didn't land well for me. It was just very, very safe way of doing things. Like I felt yes. like that was what was most to go from Arkham City, where you killed the Joker, something that no one was anticipating, to going to this third game where they're like, we've got this original villain that's gonna, you know, be the forefront of this game. Oh, by the way, it's Jason Todd. Yep. Oh, cool. You, you guys are doing Red Hood, but instead of Red Hood, he's the Arkham Knight. Cool. They did with it. Did the same thing that really pissed me off about Batman Hush. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the movie. Same yeah. exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was just as equally mad at that movie as I was at that game when I found out. I was like, I, like I said, I had an inkling. I was like, it better not be real, like Jason Todd. And then it was, and I was like, really? And I even feel like. For me, and I know that for a lot of people, this is the high point of Arkham Knight was the um, the inclusion of like Batman hallucinating the Joker throughout the whole game. And I understand that, but I felt like for them to definitively kill the Joker in Arkham City, they start Arkham Knight with the burning of his body. Yep. And then they just bring him back. And I'm like, guys. You can have a Batman story without the Joker. It's okay to let him go. Yeah. You know what I thought when I saw when I saw him coming back and I saw that he was like seeing him everywhere, and then they had like the uh, the Jokers in the prisons and stuff. I was like, oh snap, that would be some stuff if they tried you know turning him into the Batman the Last type stuff. That would have made more sense, and I think that would have been kind of crazy to try to do. And but like. How they, nah, they, they played it yeah. safe. Well, not only that, the Batman who last comes out came after yeah. Arkham Knight. So, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to remember the time frame for that, but I mean, like, even still, like that's it, that that seems like that could have been a setup for that in general. You were, you know, yeah, like, you, you were hoping you, you were hoping for something different. You were yeah. hoping for them to go in a new direction, and they just and also and again, I hate to just throw so much hate on this, but like. For them to have, like, the quote-unquote true ending to the game only be accomplished if you get every Riddler puzzle, just F off with that. 
to hell I, with that. that. Yeah, that annoyed me. I got to the end of Arkham Knight. And I'm like, cool, okay, that was an okay ending to the game, I I guess. But I, I wonder why it's kind of not giving me a solidified ending. Then this thing pops up, and it's like, okay, you've enacted the the what is it that he called it? He it was like his end game thing, basically his protocol that was going to like end yeah. everything with Batman. And it was like, if you want the protocol to follow through entirely and you want to see the true end to this story, go out and get all the Riddler trophies. I'm like, F you, I'm going to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Like, and that's YouTube. I knew I was going to get the trophies eventually anyway, but I was like, I'm going to watch this now. Oh, and then for it to just be like a quick little 15 second cutscene. I'm like, I would have been so mad if I devoted all those hours to getting those Riddler trophies, and that's what I got at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a God of War 1, like when you do, what was it, God of War 1? Uh, if you beat the game and you did all the 13 yeah. stage challenges, you find out more about Kratos' past. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, I thought it was doing some basic thing. But then you find out Kratos has a brother, and I was like, oh, okay, that was worth it. It was a pain in the ass, but at least I got something good out of it. Like, no, this one did not. <laughs> so many trophies for 15 seconds of watching Wayne Manor explode. I will say that Arkham Arkham City <laughs> had Arkham City had a fun nod or a fun lead in to Night in the same way that Arkham Asylum had a fun way to into mm-hmm. City because when you found the Scarecrow's like mask on on the top of those rafters in not part amusement mile there we go and then you fly down to the boat you crack the code with a uh, city of terror and you see like jonathan crane's handwriting on a note you see like a little bit of his experiments you see all these bugs trip out but then you turn around they're all gone it's like oh so scarecrow's mm-hmm. obviously going to be the big bad of the next game and he yep. was to his credit but yeah I, I think city i think arkham city probably still to this day and i since we all have it as our number one it definitively remains like the best Batman game ever. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those situations where kind of similar to the Batman, uh, the movie, it is as close to like a Batman graphic novel come to life in a video game form. Really for me, the way they interweave all these characters and have the plot actually make sense with all of these characters being intertwined. Yeah. That was, that was really impressive. I thought on their end. Agreed. Well, there you have it, folks. Those are our top five Batman games. It's not like the pickings were much to choose from, but yeah, <laughs> we put them in that order. I would just like to thank, again, once again, my co-host Craig and our great friend Terrence, our third host of the show, for joining us tonight to talk about some Batman and video games. Um, I think this is probably where we're going to put a pin in it for now. I'm not really sure what we're going to do for the next episode. We do not have another episode for Batman the Animated Series lined up for this episode because, obviously... Life got in the way. We're all kind of busy this week. We just couldn't squeeze in another episode. But, you know, maybe maybe we'll dedicate a whole episode to just doing Batman the Animated Series episodes. I don't really know. Craig and I will talk about it. We'll figure it out. But, um, Craig, my guy, where can people find you on the interwebs if they wish to follow you around, pal at you, maybe tell you if you're wrong about your list? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Craigie Omega, C-R-A-I-G-G-Y. O-M-E-G-A, and after debating it, I think after today, you can find me on Twitter at Craigie Omega, C-R-A-I-G-G-Y-O-M-E-G-A. I think I am going to take the dive. 
and get back into the Twitterverse. Oh boy. Oh boy. And Terrence, you're on Twitter. I know you're on Twitter for sure. Yeah, I need to start doing more. Um, I basically just go in there and rant about stuff that gets on my nerves. So I need to <laughs> on Twitter for. I mean, isn't that Twitter? Yeah. I, I guess. But Contrarian Central. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, my my uh, Twitter handle and Instagram are both the same. Golden State Boy, all one word. Boy spelled B-O-I. Um, I post random funny stuff, pictures of my family. But, you know, pretty much what the social media is for. And we also always talk about Batman no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And if y'all want to follow me along again, it's just at unfiltered. That's U-N-P-H-I-L-T-E-R-E-D-D-D. Three Ds. You can also follow again the show at T-E-K underscore podcast on Twitter and Facebook as well as Instagram. If you guys would like to leave a review for the show, by all means, leave it on iTunes. You can also send us an email at Eternal Night Pod, but this is where we are putting a pin in it, taking the disc out for the night. Take it easy, everybody. Stay safe. And remember, we are vengeance. Take it. podcast is not affiliated with Warner Media or DC Entertainment. All thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about. Drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you.